Come on, everybody. Every campus, welcome in. Hey, grab your Bible. Grab your Bible right now. Go ahead and get your Bible out. If you got the Bible app on your phone, go ahead and open it up. And when you get there, let's pray. Everybody ready? Let's pray. Every campus, head bowed, eye closed. Holy Spirit, we need you to come and teach us tonight. Be our teacher. Be our guide. Show us Jesus. God, will you come and be glorified tonight? Jesus, come and sit on the throne as king and turn our eyes and our hearts, our affections, our feelings to worship you. Every distraction leave now in Jesus' name. God, soften our hearts to receive your word. And everybody said together, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, welcome to week two of our Wilderness Series. If you're brand new with us, welcome to Fuse. This week you're new. Next week you're part of the family. We want to get you signed up. Just want to hit this very briefly as we move on. We have 200 more people signed up for Gauntlet right now than we did this time last year. And we left a lot of people off the list last year because we filled up. So I know you probably keep hearing at your campus, they're telling me I need to sign up. It's because you need to sign up. You will get left out if you try to wait to the last minute. And it's going to be amazing this year. Once we start announcing some of the things that you have planned, you're going to really wish that you would have forced mom and dad to figure out a way to get you signed up or you wish you would have gotten a job or done something, okay? We're in week two of our wilderness series. Let me show you. Let me catch everybody up to speed and show you where we are. We just spent a few weeks of our Exodus series showing the journey of God's people as they were slaves in Egypt and how God worked miraculously to get them out of slavery underneath Pharaoh. And then last week, Meredith Knox preached one of the most brilliant messages ever to show what happened when they get to the edge of the Red Sea, God miraculously parts the water of the Red Sea. Maybe you've seen a movie or a commercial, maybe you've heard this story. They go through on dry land. As soon as they get there, Pharaoh and his guys are chasing them, and they look back, and all of Pharaoh's men and all of their horses and all the chariots, they die because God closes the waters back in and they drown. And then we pick up the story of God's people here where they're they're standing on the edge of, of the Red Sea, looking out into the, into the desert, into the wilderness. They're coming out of 400 years of slavery. They know nothing. They have nothing. They understand very little. They, they have nothing but a promise from God that freedom has been their inheritance. Freedom has been promised for them. And now they have God miraculously leading them straight into the desert, straight into the wilderness. 400 years in slavery, they're getting ready to wander around in the desert for 40 years before they eventually inherit the promised land that God had been preparing for them. But to get there, they had to spend a ton of time out in the middle of nowhere with nothing but God. Why? Because they had to relearn everything. Because slavery, 400 years, generational slavery had done something to them that God had to undo before they could inherit the promised land. It broke their ability to dream. It broke their ability to trust. It broke their ability to work. It broke their, their love. It broke their ability to be kind. It broke their ability to be soft toward anybody or anything because slavery is awful. They couldn't eat when they want, sleep where they want, build families when they want, houses where they want. They couldn't do anything. They weren't free. So before God just unleashed freedom on them, he had to not just save them out of slavery. He had to wander around in the desert with them for 40 years and undo all the things that slavery had done to them. And the reason we're talking about this story is because the same exact thing is going to happen in your life after you give your life to Jesus. God is going to walk with you personally through a season of unraveling and undoing all the bad habits you picked up in spiritual Egypt. God is going to walk you through a journey where you have to undo and unlearn and unbecome all the things that the world wanted you to learn, do, and become. Before you receive any of the beautiful, magnificent promises that God wants to give to you, you have to understand 
that slavery is who you were, but it is not who you are, and it is not who you will be, and it is not part of your inheritance in Christ. And so if there's any part of you that believes tonight, I'm going to be a slave forever to this sin. I'm going to think like this forever. I'm going to struggle with this forever. That's the devil in your ear, and you need to tell him to stop talking to you because God has promises for you tonight. And it requires a long journey. And so that's when I tell you to get your Bible out. I need you to get your Bible out. I need you to get ready to do some battle. Because freedom is going to cost you something. In fact, freedom costs Jesus everything. It's going to cost you everything too. You got to be willing to get rid of your reputation if you want to be free. You got to be willing to get rid of your hopes and dreams of doing everything your way you want for the rest of your life. You got you to get rid of that if you want to be free. It's going to cost you everything. But it's part of what Jesus purchased for you on the cross. And this wilderness series is about spending the next few weeks showing you what it means to actually be free. And I'm serious. If you will open your ears, if you will have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive over the next couple of weeks, you will receive something from God personally that will change your walk forever. Or you can sit here and you can hear none of it and you can continue in slavery pretending like you're free. Or you can experience real, genuine freedom. You can have it. It's yours. It's been purchased for you. Write this down. Salvation sets us free. Salvation sets us free. The wilderness shows us how to live free. The point of this season of wilderness is to teach you and me what does it look like to be a free man, to be a free woman, to actually embrace freedom. Tonight we're talking about how God is our provider. Turn your Bible to Exodus chapter 16, and we're going to read a ton of scripture. Say amen. Amen. Say, I love the Bible. It's a better preacher than me, so we're just going to read what it says. We're going to read 30 verses of Scripture. If you get tired of this, I don't care. Tell your neighbor, don't tell me. This is the Bible, and it's the best. Ready? Exodus 16. If you don't have a Bible, turn your eyes on the screen. Here we go. This is going to be great. You guys are going to love this story. Okay. Remember, God's people are out of slavery. They've crossed the Red Sea, and they're pick- we pick up the story here. Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through 30. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. Are you with me? Say yes. Okay which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Oh, I wish that we would have died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full because you brought us out here in the wilderness to kill us with hunger. The Lord said to Moses, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people are going to go out, and they're going to get a day's portion every day that I can test them whether they will walk in my law or not. But on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, at evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us, Moses says. And Moses said, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because he's heard your grumbling that you grumbled against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but you're, you're complaining against God. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, come near before the Lord. He's heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you'll know that I'm the Lord your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. Quail's a bird. And in the morning... Dew lay around the camp, and when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. 
gather it, each of you, as much as you can eat. You shall take each an omer according to the number of persons that you have in your tent. The people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Are you still with me? Say yes. yes. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let nobody leave any of it over until the morning. But, shocker, they didn't listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning, say morning by morning. Say morning by morning. They gathered it, each, as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted and it was gone. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord says. Tomorrow is a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded, and it didn't stink. There was no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, because today's a Sabbath to the Lord. Today, it's not going to be in the field. You're not going to find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. So on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long are you idiots going to keep being idiots and refuse to keep my commands and listen to what I say and keep my laws. See, the Lord has given this Sabbath to you. On the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let nobody go out of his place until the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. They get to the wilderness. The first thing they think about. Now, you got now let's get a little context. They just watched God kill thousands of people in front of their very eyes so they could be free. The first thing they do is, yeah, but I'm hungry. Right, and it's funny to make fun of them, but have you ever hit like 11 o'clock in the morning, you didn't eat breakfast, and you're in like math, and you're like, I know that it's field day or whatever, but I'm so hungry, or like whatever's happening, like I just, all you can think about is food. But think, seriously, think about how silly this is. They had just watched frogs show up out of nowhere and cover everything, and God just did miracle after miracle after miracle, and all they could think is, man, I wish we could go back to Egypt because they had food there. We're going to talk about this in a second. We're going to pull a point out of this. We're going to show you how applicable this is to all of our journeys. But I need you to feel how silly this is. I need you to feel how silly it is that their belly is making them think that slavery is better than freedom and a little bit of hunger. Okay? We're going to find out. You're going to see the spiritual application to your life here in a second. But what's happening with these people is they're free men and women that aren't slaves, and they would rather go back to slavery where they can eat a sandwich. I'm not saying that's your boyfriend, but here in a minute, we're going to talk about how that might be exactly what you're doing. Let's look again. So they, so they get hungry, and God's like, okay, well, fine. If you want food, I'm just going to give you food every day. It's just going to be on the ground. You're going to wake up. There's going to be bread on the ground. Eat as much as you want. Every night, there's going to be quail that are going to show up in the camp. Eat as much as you want. And it's going to disappear. Don't save it. It'll be there the next day. It's miraculous provision. Turn over to chapter 17. Let's read verse 1 through 7. <clears throat> All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord. And they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses says to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people there thirsted for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children with thirst? Moses says to the Lord, what am I going to do 
with these people. They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord says to Moses, go before the people, take some of the elders of Israel, take in your hand the staff that you struck the Nile with and go. Behold, I will stand before you on the rock at Horeb and you shall hit this rock with the stick and water's gonna come out of the rock. Okay, now don't get spiritual here. Think about God having to come up with a solution in the desert because his people are just a bunch of complaining goobers. God's like, okay, take your staff and go find a rock. There's a rock here. Just so stand on the rock. You're going to hit the rock. I'm going to make water come out of the rock, okay? I know these people are a pain, but just deal with them and just keep going. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? How many of you in here, I wonder, have given your life to Jesus? Say, I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. Okay. How many of you in here would be willing to say you gave your life to Jesus? Um, let's say, how many of you in here have been following Jesus for five years or more? On every campus, five years or more. You've been a Christian for five years or more. Okay. How many of you, after giving your life to Jesus and deciding you were going to be a Christian and follow Jesus, would say, I thought things were going to go well for me, but it actually got a lot more difficult when I started to follow Jesus? Great. All of us. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why that happens? Because when you start to follow Jesus, there are things that are true about you that God has purchased your body to change, and it has to go through a process, which means this. You, let's say you give your life to Christ. Okay, let's say you're a 16-year-old girl. You go to the gauntlet. You give your life to Jesus. You come back, and you know that you know that this boy you've been texting with is an absolute rock of a human being and not in a positive way like he couldn't carry on a conversation with a, a anyone okay he's, he's just dull you know that he's bad for you and so what you start doing is you say okay you know what god i'm serious about following jesus so i'm gonna take i'm gonna text this boy and i'm gonna say hey stop texting me and then the next 300 nights in a row where he sends you a text at one o'clock in the morning or a snap at one o'clock in the morning i'm just not gonna answer it and I'm just going to let his thirsty behind just, I'm going to put him on, I'm just going to leave him. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Well, you know what you're going to feel? Lonely. You're not, side note, when you stop getting attention, you know what you stop getting? Attention. You know what you start feeling? Lonely. And so here's what happens. You start going, man, I'm out here in the desert and it feels lonely out here. I'm, I'm just trying to follow Jesus and it feels like boys aren't really giving me all this needy attention anymore. Man, Egypt wasn't so bad. Guys, you, you, you start following Jesus and, and you realize, man, I'm hanging around some real bums. All of the friends that I hang out with are addicted to porn. Everybody that I know just, has, just cusses all the time. Everybody's headed in just a horrible direction. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find some new friends. You know what you're gonna be? Lonely for a little while. And then you hit Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock and everybody's making plans and you're not getting texts anymore. And you know what you start thinking? Egypt wasn't so bad. This is what happens. And we look at the story of the Israelites standing on the other side of the Red Sea grumbling because their belly hurts. And we understand this is our exact situation. And so God doesn't just let us go back to Egypt. Instead, he shows up with us and he provides for us every single day. And he says, look, trust me, walk with me. This wilderness is not forever, but it is necessary, so don't bail on me now. 
I would argue that most of us in here, if we would actually show up at Fuse Group and actually tell the truth about who we are, we would say something like this. Hey, guys, uh, my life uh, seems a lot more awesome than it is. It's actually pretty hard sometimes. Actually pretty scared of most stuff. Actually lie to most people about who I really am and what I'm actually doing. But hey, love y'all. Pray for me. All of us are in a wilderness. And it's exactly what God has ordained for us. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus shows up and he's teaching everybody how to pray. He's teaching his disciples how to pray. Here's what he says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. He says, when you pray, say, God, give us this day our daily bread. And when he says that, everybody would have known. He's talking about when they were in the wilderness. Oh, no, does following Jesus mean it's going to be in the wilderness? Because I heard the stories of that from great-grandpa. He said it was horrible. It's like he's walking around in the desert for 40 years. And Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. True freedom is an everyday need for Jesus. True freedom requires daily bread. Okay, if you got notes, if you got a pen or you got a pencil or you're taking notes in your phone, I want you to write some stuff down. This first one's not going to come up on the screen, and I want, you to, I want you to just write this down in whatever way works for you. You have to have God every day. Every day of your life, you have to have God. You have to, you have to set out to spend time with and meet with God every single day of your life. Side note, you can't get enough God at Gauntlet to last you all year. It doesn't work. In fact, you can't get enough God at Gauntlet to make it through the rest of the summer. You got two weeks left of summer when you get back from Gauntlet. I promise you, if you're banking on Gauntlet to be your fill-up for the year, you're going to have some serious regrets in those two weeks. It's a daily bread. It is daily bread. Okay, number one, point number one is this. True freedom means you're not enslaved to anything. True freedom means you're not enslaved to anything. You know what they were learning as God was giving them bread every day and was telling them, if you save this, it's going to stink and have worms in it. you got to get up tomorrow and get some more bread. You know what he's telling them? Hey, your belly's not your God. Your belly's not your God. Hey, some of you hormonal 16-year-old men and women in here, your hormones are not your God. You know your body submits to you, not the other way around. Some of you don't know you have the freedom to tell your hands to stop touching things. Hey, let's talk. You're in the wilderness. Tell your body to not get on the internet and look at stuff. Freedom means you're not enslaved to anything, and the devil wants you to think you can't be free. Freedom means your desires don't determine where you end up. Your decisions do. Freedom means, you know what I feel like doing today? I feel like sitting down at the lunch table and gossiping about all of those stupid girls that I hate. But you know what I'm not going to do today? What my body wants to do. Because Jesus died for it. Jesus purchased it back for God. It's been set apart. And you know what? I'm just in the wilderness. So I'm going to sit at the lunch table today. And I'm just not going to say a word. And I'm going to tell this tongue it's going to do what I want. Not the other way around. Freedom means you're not enslaved to yourself. Freedom means you're not enslaved to the peer pressure around you. Freedom means that you can be a 17-year-old guy and you don't have to give your life away at the altar of being cool. You don't have to sacrifice your virginity at the altar of telling your friends that you fit in with them. You know that? You know you're free? Come on. You know you're free? 
You get to decide. And I know you feel things. And I know your body tells you things. And I know your mind says things. And I know there's people around you that don't want what's good for you. And I know some of you live in a hard house. But you're free. It's been paid for you on the cross. It is your inheritance. You don't have to earn it. You just have to take it and receive it. It's yours. True freedom means you're not enslaved to anything. That means I'm not enslaved to what my parents told, told me or thought about me or said about me as a kid. That means I'm not enslaved to what all the people in my neighborhood told me I was going to be when I grew up. That means I'm not enslaved to anything. Point number two, true freedom means you got to choose. You have to choose. You have to choose. I'm 13 years old. I don't really make that many choices. Starting tonight, you do. You start making some spiritual decisions for yourself. You have to choose. Forcing you to do something is not freedom. That's slavery. If when you gave your life to Christ, God forced you to read your Bible every morning, you wouldn't be free. You'd be a slave again. And if God just decided to give you whatever you want, that would not be love. Because most of the stuff that you want as a slave is bad for you. If you don't know how to think like a free man or a free woman, then the stuff that you want, the things that you really want are bad for you. So God says, no, you can't have that. But freedom, man, freedom means you have to choose. Nobody's going to choose it for you. Nobody's going to choose to wake you up 10 minutes early and get in the shower and read the Bible for 10 minutes before you go to school. Nobody's going to choose it for you. And I know 50 and 60-year-old men and women who are still 8 years old in their Christianity and in their spirituality because they thought somebody was going to wake me up and read my Bible for me in the morning. Somebody was going to show up at Fuse and raise my hands and sing for me. Somebody was going to make me, hey, hey, listen to, um, not throwing shade here, high school guys that I see here every week. You might have to choose to sit somewhere else at Fuse so you can listen so your buddies that are afraid of actually following Jesus don't have as much influence on you. Nobody's going to choose it for you, but you're free and you can choose what you want to choose. You might have to choose to leave your cell phone at home when you come to Fuse. You might have to choose to put it on Do Not Disturb. So that guy or girl who is terrified of you following Jesus because it means they're going to get exposed. You know that's what happens. You know that's why it's called crab mentality. If you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, you don't have to put a lid on it. Because as soon as one starts to get out, the others will just grab it and pull it back down. And that's what some of y'all's conversations look like at the lunch table every day. One of y'all's trying to get free. The rest are like, don't let them, don't let them, don't let them, don't let them. Because then they're just going to look at the fact that you got out and you got free. And you stopped dealing with this. And you figured out a better life for yourself. And you know what happened? We sat right here and we stayed right here in this bucket. Some of y'all got to choose some new friends. Hard conversations around the breakfast table at school tomorrow. Hey, you know what? I love you guys. Y'all are bad for me. So lose my phone number. Y'all think I'm playing. This was a decision I made in high school. And I was lonely as I could be for two years. Changed my life. Changed my life. Forever. Changed my life forever. You're not going to run out of friends. There's a, there's a ton of people out there trying to follow Jesus that would love to walk through the wilderness with you. Point number three, true freedom says God's way is the best way. True freedom says that God's way is the best way. You think they wanted to eat bread and quail every day for 40 years? Heck no. 
They got a couple weeks in and they're like, yo, I know this is a miracle, but this is terrible. <laughs> you, they said the same thing you would. How many of y'all, um, maybe you're still those days, but you remember when like mom and dad packed a lunch every day and every day it was ham and cheese and the same apple and bag of chips. Like I was a brown, I was a brown paper bag kind of guy. I didn't have a lunchbox or nothing. And I'm telling you, my dad packed my lunch and it was the same thing every day. That's why we're trying to trade stuff at the lunch table. I'm like, dude, I can't eat ham and cheese again. I'm gonna freaking, I'm gonna sweat cheese out here at this soccer practice. I can't eat ham and cheese again. I'm sick of this ham and cheese. Imagine eating bread, just bread, every morning for 40 years and quail, birds showing up and having that every night for 40 years. You think they wanted to do that? Absolutely not. But here's what they didn't know. Here's what they didn't know quite yet. That after this 40 years was over, on the other side of this 40 years was houses they didn't build that they were gonna get ready to live in. It was land and vineyards they didn't plant. It was all sorts of miracles that were coming for them. All they had to do was relearn that their God's not their belly. And then one day they could eat like they wanted to. Hey, when the Holy Spirit teaches you self-control and reframes your brain and teaches you to think with the mind of Christ, you can do what you want. Because you know what you want? Goodness. God wants you to be free to think and do as you please as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But not right now. Because when you get freedom right now, you blow your life up. That's why you're in the wilderness. That's why we're in the wilderness learning how to be free people. God's way is purity. Which means you got to choose that, boyfriends and girlfriends. Nobody's going to choose for you and your boyfriend, you and your girlfriend to sit down and have a grown up Grown man, grown woman decision to say, hey, we're not perfect, but we're going to be pure because God says purity is his way and his way is the best way. That's what freedom looks like. Some of y'all need to skip Chick-fil-A tonight and go talk with your boyfriend or girlfriend and tell him, you know what? We try to do it God's way, so I'm going to do it my way, and you ain't, this, you ain't going that way, so we're breaking up. Hey, God's way is kindness, so some of y'all need to quit being a bully. Some of you girls, are, you're mean to people because you don't feel love from anybody. You need to give that up because God loves you a ton. Some of you guys are bullies because you, you've never seen a dad in your life. You've never had somebody show you what strength looks like, so you just walk around just being a jerk to everybody. You need to knock it off. God's way is kindness. You've got to figure out how to serve people and love people. True freedom means you get to choose to be kind. Yeah, but I hate her. Well, that's a big problem, and God's way isn't hate, so you've got to figure that one out. God's way is choosing your words carefully. Some of you talk too much, and you get yourself in trouble when you do. You just run off at the mouth. You end up saying things, and then you lie when people ask you what you said. God's way is choosing our words carefully, so choose better words. Hey, God's way is trust. Did you know that? Some of y'all worry so much about everything, and then you get to the end of the day, you're like, man, I wonder why I'm so anxious. Well, because you spent 19 hours today worried. You didn't trust nothing. Now, some of you don't trust people because you've been taught by your upbringing that every time you trust somebody, they're going to let you down. And I get that, and God's going to walk you through the healing of that process, but you can trust God with everything. As a matter of fact, Part of your freedom journey, if that's your story, if you have a hard time trusting, part of your freedom journey will mean you learn to trust God with everything. Vulnerability is God's way. Not putting up walls and pretending to be somebody that you're not. God's way is this is one that I've, I, I don't want to spend too much time on, but I want you to get this. And I want to say this in a way that hopefully makes sense. God's way is really big. Some of you are, are struggling with the things you're struggling with and wrestling with things you're wrestling with because your lives are so small. Your, your thinking is so small. 
Your faith is so small. Your vision for who you could be and what you could do one day is so small. Your friend group is so small. The people you're letting speak into your life is so small. The habits you have every day are so small. God's way is big, and you need to be free to choose big. You can't have a big life without a big faith. You won't have a big faith unless you make some big-time trust decisions. Unless you make some big boy, big girl decisions to say, you know what, I'm taking this seriously. I'm in the wilderness. This is difficult, but I'm going to keep going. I'm in a hard season, and I know these friends are not good for me, so I'm going to actually muster the courage to not just send them the link for this message and show, hey, man, this was a good talk, but I'm going to sit them down and I'm going to say, seriously, stop calling me on Fridays. I had to tell people, I know what you think, but I don't smoke weed anymore, so quit calling me. I'm not selling you weed anymore because I'm trying to follow Jesus. People are like, oh, word, that's good for you, dog. <laughs> Seriously, what people would say, they'd be like, man, that's awesome, good for you, bro. I had to tell people, like, look, I know that I've been mean to you for 10 years, and you hate me, but I really just want to sit here at lunch and try to strike up a conversation because I need you to forgive me because I'm trying to follow Jesus, and I've been doing this for a month, and I read in the Bible where i got to ask for forgiveness and humble myself. Well, can, I, can I tell you I'm sorry and forgive me? People are like, bro, you're weird. Get that out of here. I'm like, is that a yes? I sit down, you forgive me? You're in the wilderness. Philippians chapter verse 19. This is where we're going to end. I'm going to pray for some people. God's going to supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's build a strong relationship with God on the firm foundation of trusting that he knows everything you need. He's going to provide it for you. Some of you girls need to be okay being lonely for a little bit. You don't need a guy. You don't need some bum friends that tell you only what you need. Some of you guys need to be okay just being out, just flying solo for a little bit. You don't need to roll with a group of guys that are bums making bad decisions. I'm thinking about some very specific high school guys here in our ministry. You hang out with turds. And you know they're bad for you. And you got to understand, nobody's going to decide for you. Some of you girls, seriously, you're in here and, and, and you know, you know the decision that you're making is stupid. In fact, you'll tell people like, hey, I'm not coming to Fuse this week because I'm going to blank. And they'll be like, your Fuse will be like, don't do that stupid. You'll be like, I know it's stupid, I'm going to do it anyway. Choose a little bit of freedom. Hey, you know what a really spiritual thing is? Wake up every day until Fuse next week and spend five minutes reading the Bible. I don't care what you read. I don't care if you remember or know what you read. I don't care. I don't care. You can read the table of contents for all I care. You can read the credits. I don't care what you read. Read it. Why? Choose a little bit of freedom for a week. See what happens. Hey, choose to sit somewhere else at the lunch table. See how you feel. Take the power back. Don't just go the way of the world. Don't just do what everybody says. Don't just feel the way you feel. Decide. When you get home tonight and you lay in your bed and your 16-year-old hormones tell you everything, go, you know what? I'm glad I heard the truth tonight that I'm free because I'm not going to do what I feel like doing right now. Make that decision tonight. Just do it once. And then call your fuse group and say, guess what? I just made my first free man decision in my life. It felt great. I'm going to make another one here in about two hours. Come on, man. You're free. And it's hard and it's supposed to be because we're not in the promised land yet. We're wandering around in the desert 
learning how to deal with who we are and what we are. And now we got God. I'm not a slave anymore, but I still think like a slave. I still feel like a slave. I still want like a slave, but I'm not a slave. So you know what? I'm going to stand here. I'm going to eat this bread. I'm going to eat this quail. I'm going to complain because I'm tired of eating this. And one day I'm going to stand. I'm going to look at this promised land. I'm going to say, man, I'm glad I trusted God and I didn't go back to Egypt. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's pray. And we're going to worship. <clears throat> Everybody, every campus, we bow your head and close your eyes. I want to pray for a specific group of people tonight. If you're in here, every campus across the state, can we turn the lights up just a little bit, Stone, please? I want to see people here respond. If you're here and you say, look, I'm in the wilderness and I know that I need to make some tough decisions. I know that I got to choose a little bit of freedom. Nobody's going to choose it for me. And you want a little bit of courage. You want somebody to pray for you, put a little wind in your sails, put a little encouragement behind your walk so you can say, you know what, I'm going to choose a little bit of freedom tonight. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Say, look, man, I need to choose a little bit of freedom all across the room. If right now what you're hearing is, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, you need to raise your hand. If you're scared to raise your hands because the devil doesn't want you free and you need to stomp on his head tonight. If you're in here tonight and you're doing the right thing and you're just tired of it and you're getting, you're just like, man, I'm just, I'm tired of following Jesus. I'm thinking about going back to Egypt. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to get you some encouragement. You say, look, man, I broke up with my girl. I broke up with my boyfriend and now I'm bored and now I'm lonely. And so I just feel like texting a bunch of girls or texting all these guys and just getting some attention. If that's you, you're like, just pray for me, man. I want to keep going. I'm, I know I'm in the wilderness. I want to keep doing the right thing. Just raise your hand. Amen. If that's you, I just want you to put your hands out just like this. Just like this. And I want to pray, and I want you to receive from God tonight the courage to be exactly who you are. To do exactly what God's calling you to do. To continue walking as Jesus has, has you walking, as he, as the way that he has for you that is hard, that's challenging. You can't see every step, but you can see the next one in front of you, so take it. So, Father, tonight we receive the courage. We receive the boldness. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us to be self-controlled. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit tonight to hold our tongues when we want to gossip. To hold our tongues when we want to say evil things about people. God, we, we say yes and receive the power of the Holy Spirit tonight to help us not do what we've been doing with our girlfriend. Or our boyfriend. Or our friends. We say yes tonight to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to help us be and do here in the wilderness as you have planned for us to be and do. God, thank you for all these young men and these young women that are walking in the wilderness and they're doing it well. Bless them, God, with more power, more freedom, more courage. God, give them a vision of what the promised land will be. We bless you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.